Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It is time to grab your cup of coffee or tea, sit back, and let's look at what's going on in the stars above. And as you can see, we have some guests with us this morning. Good morning, Pia and Colin. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Janet. And always, everybody. always happy to be here. And a surprise to me this morning, I got totally off in terms of the weeks. So it was a pleasant surprise, nonetheless, to have you both joining me this morning. <laughs> um, how's everything going in your world? Topsy-turvy like everybody else. Oh, yeah. So, you know, this morning I was uh, running down all the things that we were going to talk about. And the, the sun and the earth this week through human design are going into... Uh, the gates of conflict and friction or crisis and friction. And I was like, oh, really? Like, is that new? <laughs> is, is this a new energy? Because, uh, yeah. And, you know, on top of that, Neptune is involved there as well. So it's going to be an interesting when we get to that part of the show where I can uh, run that down and uh, kind of, you know, maybe... I don't know. I'm almost looking at it as a hopefulness. Like maybe finally we can get through the worst of things and come out on the other end and be in a better place, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, and of course spiritually. So good news well, there. Not to sound like Charlie Brown, but gee, that'd be nice. <sighs> not on the other end. <laughs> right. Um, but I got to tell you guys. So, you know, uh, for my audience out there, you all know Terry had surgery this week and he is doing really good, uh, remarkably well. And I'm very pleased with that, but also going, OK, so, uh, you know, you get into that crisis management mode and that's where I have been. And finally, yesterday, I was like, well, I know, I guess it was Wednesday. Wednesday, I thought, okay, I can just sit back and sort of look back at, get back into my business and see what things are going on with my business. Um, even though it's just been a few days, right? You put it sort of on the shelf. We had to get the house prepared for him to be able to move a walker through the house um, because we live in a smaller house, right? We got to move some furniture. Uh, so everything's felt sort of that topsy-turvy for me anyway. Um, but yesterday I got hit with this feeling of optimism like restoring, restorative. And I can't help but think that has a lot to do with um, Mercury moving direct today, getting out of that retrograde phase, uh, and maybe the moon moving into Libra. Yay. Getting Well, that'll happen later. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. Yeah, uh, so we are I, too. Yeah, so a side note uh -huh. about, about Terry's surgery. Uh-huh. It's really wonderful that his surgery was not close to a full moon because that is absolutely the worst time to have any kind of medical procedure. So he's way ahead of that, that energy period. So he will heal faster because of that. Yeah, I should go back and see when his twin brother's surgery was. Maybe it was at a full moon. Could be. Could be. I, Could be. I don't I don't remember now, but that's uh, something I can certainly check on and find out, because he certainly did not do as well through the surgery and through the recovery period. But we, um, I have seen him, you know, start to come back and do better as well. So, 
at any rate, uh, today I'm going to rearrange our schedule a little bit to um, accommodate Pia and Colin. And, and Pia, you were just telling me you have a new uh, workshop or course that you are bringing out. Tell us a little bit about that and how uh, I'm actually going to get the link while you're chatting. Okay. Okay. Well, in March of last, in March of 2022, I did a level one introductory workshop for the Pleiadian Earth Energy System. And people liked it and asked me to do another one. And life happened and I didn't do another one. But I've decided, okay, let's go to level two. So I'm offering level two. It's going to be the same sort of structure as we did last time, three mornings a week in the United States, evenings in Europe. And it's going to cover three areas. It's going to go over different themes for the shadow cycles. We Everybody who took level one knows what the shadow cycles are, but I'm going to teach the different themes and how you can do a shortcut for finding out what your own shadow cycles are. And then I'm going to look at karmic patterns, the gifts and challenges of what each person brings in for different periods of time when you're born. And the last thing I'm going to do is look at the phases of Venus. In the first workshop, we looked at how the Venus star moves in the sky. This time, we're going to look at the faces of Venus and how they affect your fulfillment, your potential, your life path. So that's what we're doing. And I see you've put the link up in there. So anybody who's interested, the link is right there at the bottom. And I'd love to have you join me for your energy, your comments, your questions, and our sharing together. Yeah, um, I'll also post this link on Facebook because I can't, when I go to post it on the picture, I can only do it on YouTube or Facebook. So maybe I'll switch it in a little bit and put it on Facebook. But if you're watching, you could certainly see the link. It is down toward the bottom of the chat and you could follow that link. And it is how many days? Is it is it a one day workshop, a couple of days? Three, morning, three mornings, an hour and a half each morning, November 10th, 11th and 12th. Oh, those sound like good days. They are good days. There are hardly any transits those days I looked. Yeah. <laughs> Think about the numbers, 11, 10, 1, 1, 1, 11, 11, 1, 1, 1, 1, and yeah. 11, 12 would be three ones and a two. I like yeah. it. We always, we always try to schedule things in, in numerological transit time, anything we can do to create the most positive energy for yeah. something important. So that's good. Thank you for noticing that. I'm also yeah. offering anybody who registers for the workshop, I'm giving them 20% off on doing a personal chart if they haven't done one, a shadow cycles update if they had, or a continuing guidance session if they want to talk about the whole system. 20% off, unlimited, do it whenever you feel like it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So that'll be November 10th through 12th. And mm -hmm. the link is here on the screen where you can go and set your uh, self up for that workshop. Awesome. Um, now, tell us what is going on with the calendar right now? I mean, I've been really not looking at it at all <laughs> this week. Uh, <laughs> but tell us, let's see, today we are at what 11 enlightening. I like the sound yes. of that. We like the sound of that, too. And the day has felt, as you said earlier, optimistic, like more lights coming in. It, it feels like there's a shift happening. You mentioned at the start of the show about the gates taking us into a time of chaos and challenge. And I think the Pleiadian Earth energies are going to be completely aligned to support our moving through that portal. Because on Monday, the 18th, we begin the 13-day period of listening energy. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a Western energy. It is a calm energy. It is a peaceful energy where you can be very introspective, go inward. And whatever external things may be triggering you, the energy that's going to be present for the 13-day period are to help you go inwards, meditate on it, be peaceful, and let your heart lead the way. You know that energy very well. Comment on it? Well, that's a significant uh, part of my makeup. So, um, (laughs) Are you you born on listening? No, no, but it's his it's his evolutionary guidance energy. Oh, gotcha. So I will be absolutely alert to doing my ever best to go inside, try to look at things differently, and be as aware as possible of what I can do, both for me and in service to others doing a, a, a much, I guess, more thorough, more positive way of living my life. So for anybody who is uh, familiar with the Pleiadian Earth Synergy system at all, you know that everybody has shadow cycles every 60 days. If you start a shadow cycle at the same period in which you were born, like the listening period that we start on Monday, that means that you are in complete alignment with the energies that were present right before you were born and when you came into this world. So you celebrate at the end of that shadow cycle period a spiritual birthday. You're born again, more or less, into the new version of what you've worked through and who you are. So it's a great opportunity for spiritual growth and moving through challenges in a very different way. That's why it's extremely important to do the deepest personal work we can do to really look at what needs to be worked on, worked with, worked through, and really, really take a really close look at what needs to change, what needs to be finely tuned, what needs to evolve in our yeah. our path of whatever we're doing. And it seems like Mother Earth is going through uh, all of the same uh, energies. I mean, between earthquakes and floods and fires, it's just been sort of insane on the planet. It, it's It's been probably the most chaotic weather and geo disturbing period maybe we've ever gone through in in our history our our remembered history yeah. i mean we we've we've seen everything in the past few months the, everything the sun every released, element the sun released an unexpected coronal mass ejection 2 days ago and we got yes. all over the planet with an intense solar flare causing the kp index to go all the way up to 7 so we had a whole day full of it spiking really, really high with high radiation energy. And then today it's dropped all the way down to zero, the other end of the spectrum, meaning that we're being exposed to more plasma, more things that come through the magnetosphere. So yes, you're right. Mother Earth and our glorious sun are in alignment with these energies of let's shake it up a bit. <laughs> no kidding. You know, astrologically, there's so much going on, you know, from cycles of time, right? The Mm -hmm. cycles of time that that play right into this as well. I mean, uh, I've also been well, I'm I'm finished with this now a book called The Fourth Turning. Have you guys heard of this book? No, no. 
Oh my gosh. So this is probably the most, um, I, I want to say scientific, but it's actually more social science oriented. Uh, that is in alignment with astrology that I've ever read. Even though he does not mention a planet, he doesn't mention uh, anything except these big cycles of time. Mm-hmm. And that we are, and specifically in the USA, we are in what is called the fourth turning. So essentially what I discovered as he's talking, you know, I was listening to this on an audible book, um, is that he's, he's talking about Pluto's cycle and how the different signs that uh, Pluto moves through and how that changes up the transformational energy on the planet and takes us through these periods of time where there's the seeding of something new, that would be the first turning. And then there is the spring of that, right? Where everything begins to come into our summer, I guess you'd say everything starts to come into its, its blossoming. And then the harvesting, the third period or the third turning. And now we are in the fourth turning, which is of course the death and destruction phase that then leads to the next turning, uh, the next first turning. So time-wise, we're looking at being in this fourth turning until 2033. So another, what, eight years or so, seven years of this. And it's not like it's intense every day of those next years, but essentially what we start to see is the, that the decay of the things that are happening now um, leading us to the innovation that creates or breeds what comes next. So it's mm-hmm. hopeful, but it's also kind of disconcerting while we're going through all of this breakdown stuff. Does does he mention the age of Kali Yuga in in this in this theory? Yeah, he does kind of mention the great ages. He um, also talks about the twenty six thousand year. Uh, procession of the equinoxes. Mm -hmm. He never quite says, you know, okay, Pluto's in Virgo, uh, you know, uh, in the 1960s and blah, blah, blah. And this is what started this. No, he doesn't say that kind of thing. But if you know astrology enough, or you know cycles, right? And cycles, astrology, Pleiadian, earth energy, all of those things are about cycles of time Mm -hmm. um, and how they repeat, right? The cycles never repeat exactly, but they repeat, So you know Mm -hmm. what I mean by that, right? So, you know, Mm -hmm. Pluto will come back to the sign it was in uh, as it did in the USA uh, Pluto return. And yet it's it's not the exact carbon copy of what happened before, but it builds upon that cycle. So every planet um, goes through these periods of time where there, it's like the moon cycle. I mean, I, I mean, everything he was talking about, we know from astrology, right? The moon is new. Yesterday, last night, I got notified the new moon, right? And I was like, ooh, I get to be present at this exact moment. And then, you know, the moon goes in, you know, next week we'll be at the first quarter moon. So that would be a qu- akin to the second turning, if you will, of, of this uh, time he's talking about. Then we go into the full moon, the third turning, and then we go into the last quarter moon before the new again. So everything seems to work in these uh, cycles of time that we can, you know, I, I'm sure we could break it down into smaller bits or even bigger bits, but in terms of quarters right quarters (laughs) even when we play football we're playing in quarters right games we have this idea that things happen in four um to complete something it is in a cycle of four things so i just find that interesting 
Um, it's, you know, one of those um, eye-catching, I think, things. People kind of feel like they understand what he's talking about. And I want to get the author's name. Hold on. I'm just going to go away for one second here uh, because I always forget his name. It is... Oh. what the okay the fourth turning but um the one that i am talking about that i just read is the fourth turning is here right so that's the newer one that is written by william strauss and neil howe but the fourth turning is here is the one that i've been reading uh or listening to so uh and it's amazing even in Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology, there's four directions that are each of the energies come from. Listening yep. is coming in from the energy from the West, and that's the energy that comes right before you have a season of growth, right at the point of time where you need insights, you need to quiet down and listen to your heart, you need to take note of everything going on around you and pay attention because you're at the point where new ideas are able to come through other sources, other other connections. So it all fits. Doesn't matter what system you look at. He's right. He's onto something. Yep, yep, yep. And it's um, a kind of of situation where I feel like, all right, I understand now what is going on, and I'm okay with this, right? I I, I don't like that people are dying in Libya or that a major earthquake in Morocco, you know, took a lot of lives or fires burning up the planet or uh, any of that type of thing. But or Hurricane Lee, that's now, you know, going to be passing through the east coast of the U.S. and uh, the Maritimes, the Canadian Maritimes. But at least we can see there's a purpose behind it, that there's something that's, you know, there's a destruction happening that is leading us to something new. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. He also points out that these four turnings last about the length of a human life. If you look at a human life in terms of about 100 years, between 75 and 100 years, mm -hmm. um, barring any unforeseen, you know, circumstances leading to death early. So it's almost like we as human beings are also experiencing these turnings depending on like where were you born into like i happen to be born into the first turning and um that means that you know my likely death would happen in the fourth turning toward the end of the fourth turning but you can join you might have been born in the 70s which means you were born in the second turning so the cycles are also human cycles mm -hmm. it's just fascinating to me i like cycles anyway <laughs> <laughs> I like to tune in to the cycles of time and what's going on with that. Yeah. Uh, let's say good morning real quick to people and then we'll go on with the new thought. Christine, hello to you. I'm so happy that you are joining us this morning and thank you for asking about Terry. JLo, good morning to you. Pam Zaruba, hello. Christine says, a pleasant surprise to see Pia and Colin here today. Uh, Teddy Hickox, hello for you to be with us. That is awesome. He says his surgery was actually on two. 22 2023 lots of twos in that one tj and um uh february 5th was the full snow moon so he did not have his surgery at the full moon thankfully enough debbie tibbets tumiel good morning to you too terry strauss hello debbie says the earth's people will all be dead from homelessness <laughs> let's hope <laughs> not debbie <laughs> uh, let's 
hope not. But you know, here's the thing about these great cycles is that they tend to um, kind of create upheaval in places where we've become too complacent, where we have built something unsustainable, uh, or where we have been unwilling to change. Right. When we dig in and we're staying like, I'm not moving. You can't make me do this. The earth comes along or, you know, some kind of cycle of time um, creates the space for change. And that can be destructive. Change isn't always just real easy. It can be pretty destructive. So I think in a way it, uh, it um, creates a path for us to to be different, to be better, to create something new. So while I'm not happy about these kinds of big things that happen on the planet, I just can see that if we didn't have these moments in time, would we ever change or would we just keep being, you know, in a bad place, making things unsustainable? We don't seem to learn our lessons very quickly. <laughs> That's an understatement. Right. Thus, the reason we wash, rinse, and repeat <laughs> many, many times. Um, as as well as we were talking behind the scenes this morning, I was so happy, of course, or maybe I said it in the beginning that the moon was moving into Libra today uh, at 10:44 a.m. Pacific time. I don't know what time that would be in your area of the world, but likely evening time. Uh, the moon will be moving into the sign of Libra, which is a sign of partnership and relationship. So the energy shifts out of that Virgoan duty, responsibility, let's get things done, be productive, be perfectionistic, into the more Libran qualities of um, cooperation and coordination and co-creation and collaboration. Usually, that's a fourth C I threw in there. I usually call it the three Cs, collaboration, co-creation, and, and uh, cooperation. It's a sharing weekend. So we, we have the moon in Libra the whole weekend. Yay, right? So we get some really nice energy, Venus-oriented energy for the weekend balance. And in the balancing of the scales, you know, nothing is ever static balance. You know, so balance and harmony are um, tenuous at best, right? It's always somewhat moving. What we hope for is that we come to a sort of neutral position where we can sustain balance and peace and harmony without the big swing that takes us out into crisis in order to come back to balance, right? That's the Libran way, but it's always waffling a bit, right? It's moving. So in this uh, opportunity with Libra is to bring things into equality or into harmony or into balance. And we do that through negotiation, maybe, if it's an agreement. We might do this through uh, cooperation, those three C's I just talked about. We might have to come together and collaborate in order to get something done. In fact, in our family this weekend, we have a move. My nephew and his wife bought a house and they're moving into that house this weekend and we all get to participate, except Terry. He'll have to sit around not participating. But uh, the opportunity is that we can get them moved in. We can come together and share the experience of helping these young people move into their first home. I'm so excited for them. Um, but there's also art and beauty that 
gets engaged with Libran energy, uh, especially when we're talking about the aesthetics of art or the peacefulness that art can bring or the beauty and harmony that can be brought uh, into um, everything that we do, whether it's through decorating, is it through creating something, is it through, you know, beautifying something. It's a great weekend to go, you know, beautify, clean out your gardens or do things that, you know, restore things to beauty, peace and harmony. Now, of course, every sign the moon goes through, any sign that planets go through can also trigger the negative side or the more uh, difficult energies. And in Libran energy, we have people pleasing energy. We have a sign where people so badly want peace and happiness and that sort of harmony that they are sometimes willing to give away too much of themselves to get it. And so we end up with people pleasing or becoming a yes person, right? Yes, I'll do that. Even if it's not their truth, even if it's not what they really wanted to do. Uh, so we have an, uh, a situation sometimes in the negative where we have to really claim a boundary and not be uh, with so willing to give away ourselves and cross that boundary so that other people can take advantage of us. Uh, we can also lose ourselves quite easily in relationships as Libran energy plays out. You got to learn to balance self and I, right? Or self and we. In astrology, Aries is the opposite sign of Libra. It is the I am. It is the very much the self energy. Libra is the we are energy. So it's about how we come together. But again, they balance across that axis. So that's where we are all weekend long. We don't change until Monday morning when the moon will move into Scorpio. I think it's a good weekend. <laughs> I think it goes along well, too, with 11 enlightening, enlightening, 12 being and 13 breathing. Right. Mm -hmm. I think those are quite nice energies. I just realized the 13 we're coming to the end of the week, obviously, if we have Monday as the beginning of the new Pleiadian week. All right. Uh, Asa, good morning. It's good to have you with us. And TJ, I don't know what you mean by ebony and ivory. Oh, because ebony's black and white. I gotcha. Opposites. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit too about the moon moving through the gates in human design. I'm trying to get people to understand how the signs work with the human design gates. And what happens with Libran energy in human design is we begin the transit of the moon through the gates of fear, or they can become gates of fear. Um, they become paralysis points. The energies of Libra begin in the sacral. So it's about the doing. It's about being the embodiment of, of yourself, being in the body. So the embodied divine in uh, movement through uh, the earth. And then immediately moves to the spleen. And in the spleen center, we have, it's called the center of, it, it rules things like time, intuition, health, um, survival. So it's a very much a, it's a, an area of our human design where we get into success through thriving versus just surviving, right? So there's a fine line sometimes between those two energies. And the fine line that we cross through in the spleen is where we find fear. And fear can create a point of paralysis. So in Libra, we begin the transit of that fear energy. And the first one is the fear of I'm not perfect. This isn't perfect. 
it's not the perfect time, the perfect place, the perfect opportunity, the perfect relationship, the perfect fill in the blank, right? Uh, and so we can keep putting off, um, moving forward, moving ahead. We can become very indecisive in this gate because we feel like it's not perfect yet. It's not right timing, right? So we waffle. Uh, the next gate that the moon will move through is the 48, which is, it can become the fear of in inadequacy. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I need another certification. I need to re study another book. I need to take another course before I could do this. And then I'll be okay to do this. So inadequacy can keep us caught up in a rut of not putting out our work, not doing um, the things that we can do best, uh, following our path of service. Then the moon moves into the 57, which is the fear of the future. It's a very psychic gate in human design. It is the most psychic gate in human design. We can also use the word intuitive. This is the most intuitive gate in human design. And its fear is of the future, that what I'm seeing may not come to pass or I'm afraid of what will come to pass in the future if we don't do certain things or be certain ways. Um, the next gate will be the 32. The 32 is the gate that we think of as the gate of failure in the fear. It's a fear that I won't be able to do what I want to do. Um, my program will fail. People won't come to my event. Uh, I, I won't, you know, say it correctly all those kinds of things. So we'll be dealing with that fear of failure, but also, and this is just me saying this, but I also see that gate sometimes is about the fear of success. What happens if all my dreams come true? What happens if I succeed beyond my wildest dreams? What else is there, right? What else, what happens after that? And then finally, uh, the moon will move through the gate 50 before it transitions, that gate straddles both Libra and Scorpio. And the 50 is a fear in failing in my responsibilities to my family, to my friends, to my community, to my tribe. So I micromanage, right? Or I, I take on more responsibility than what's necessary, or I smother mother uh, people around me. So that'll be an energy we deal with at the end of that cycle of Libra before we move on into Scorpio on Monday. So interesting days. <laughs> and this is a, this is the time of the year, by the way, too. You know, you guys are, you talk about the shadow cycles, right, where we move into the, the collective shadow cycles and, and then that lasts for a certain amount of time, 20 days, right? And then we get out of that cycle. Well, every year, at about this time, the sun begins to the move into the gates of the spleen and mirrors essentially what the moon is doing right now, right? So we also are going to have the sun. Venus is already doing this. And so, I mean, Mercury is already uh, doing this. Mars, Mars is already doing this. Then it will be Venus and then it will be Mercury moving through all of the gates of the spleen between now and mid-November, so we all have opportunities with different planets triggering different things, different fears, different paralysis points that we have in our own lives. We're being challenged to up-level. And the eclipse season is also going to be active during that time between now and November. So Absolutely. We're going to, <laughs> we're going to have more opportunities to go within 
to really look at what's going on, both personally and collectively. So there's a lot of energy about self-examination, um, maybe spending more time quietly, meditatively, really going, as I said earlier today, going deeper and deeper and trying to figure out how we can do everything in a, in a more cohesive way, a more cooperative way. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And it's interesting that eclipse is a solar eclipse the, that the first one is on the 14th of October. And it is um, at the gate 32, the gate of the fear of failure, or is it the fear of success? And mm -hmm. solar eclipses are always give us opportunities to start something new. It's a jacked up, if you will, new moon, which is always the opportunity to do something new. And now what we can all be doing because we're in the pre uh, run up to that, right? Today's the 15th. It's less than a month away now, technically speaking, uh, or a month away. Um, start anticipating what it is in your life that uh, trips you up. What what is it that you want to do really badly in your life or you really want to do, but you're afraid of failing? Janet, that's so perfect because it's also a self-node eclipse, which is the time when forms leave. So if we look at what you just said, what trips us up and decide, okay, we're done with this and it's the opportunity for those things to leave, we're getting an extra little push by that eclipse. A big push, right? That's a big one. And it's also a time maybe for planning and grounding in new ideas or, you know, here's the thing too, that we uh, often get caught up in, in our heads, right? Humans, we, we think a lot. And we might have these ideas, right? We, as we're anticipating, you know, change, we might have all these ideas, but then when it comes to actually doing something, that's where we blow it, right? We don't take that new step. We don't take that new action. And that's what's required, right? We can talk all we want about climate change and about the reasons why things are happening or the reasons why anything is going on. But until we actually take a step in the direction that fixes the problem, nothing changes, right? So things keep ramping up and showing us that there's an issue or there's a problem. So somewhere in your life, there might be an issue, there might be a problem, and it's been building. The opportunity is going to be for us to plan to take new steps, new action, and um, commit to doing that, being that. Absolutely. And if we don't take that opportunity, those, those cycles and patterns that will bring that energy back to us, if we don't take action, most likely it will be harder the next time around. Right. A, big, a bigger hit across the forehead if we don't use that chance, that ability to really do something. I mean, it. people don't realize that if they stay in that rut or if they stay in that comfort zone, I think most people think, well, it'll be okay. I'll just keep going. It, it, it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> truly, it does matter. And the, the more we tackle those opportunities and actually do something, the, the better our life becomes. I mean, new opportunities will show up if we take action. I think yeah. our integrity is being called at the focus with this eclipse. 
because it's going to impact relationships, career, home life, uh, everything that you can think of is going to impact all of it, giving us the opportunity to let go of what doesn't work any longer. So we're really being called into a point of integrity to be able to consider how we want to let go and what we want to let go of. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, what what we look at in the Pleiadian Earth energy is really an evolution right? We see an evolution of consciousness happening. When we look at astrology, we're seeing an evolution in consciousness happening. When we look at any system, um, human design, the gene keys, any of these, you know, big systems, when we see these cycles, these cycles are a force and that force is evolution. And we pale in our will to not change pales in comparison to the will or the force of evolution. So embrace the change do what you want to be doing to get to where you want to go. It's an, it's amazing how much we can dig in and hold fast to old concepts and old um, things, ideas that are not supportive of moving forward. And evolution doesn't allow for that, right? It pushes us right along and you can go kicking and screaming or you can say, okay, I embrace this. Show me the way and uh, move in that new direction because consciousness is evolving ever, every day, every moment of every day. Uh, we don't, there's no going backwards with it. And as much as people sometimes speak to let's move backwards, we don't, <laughs> we, we just it don't. It, it goes against the laws of the universe to move backwards. Now that doesn't mean that we don't build upon what was good in the past. We bring that forward with us and we build on that and move forward, uh, but you just can't go back. No, that's that's one of the things that, that our Pleiadian friends talk about quite often is if we cling to our outdated belief systems, we're not gonna grow. We're not going to establish a, a, a new a new level of understanding that that consciousness does change it is part of growth it is growth and clinging to old belief systems that no longer serve us keep us in that that pattern of of safety but the trouble is that safety is an illusion there's there's no safety in thinking if we keep doing the same thing we're going to be okay it's impossible it, it just yeah. doesn't work that way. So you're absolutely right, Janet. If we don't embrace change, if we don't embrace moving into a different perspective or a different way of looking at things, we are going to stay stuck. And that that is the antithesis to growth. That is the antithesis to evolution. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. All of those those energies, all of those opportunities are right there waiting for us to change the potential of everything. Yeah. And don't reach for the low hanging fruit, right? Reach <laughs> to the stars, you know, reach as high as you can to get that most juicy apple up at the top. Because we really need a force for positive change on the planet. That's what I think, you know, everybody who comes to this, this show people that, you know, are going to the different things that you're doing, Pia and Colin, they're looking for that path 
of change that is positive, that's enlightening, that's uplifting, that raises consciousness rather than the old types of systems that hold us back or hold us down, hold us to the past, whatever. Um, so it's important work that we're doing. It's important work that each one of you all out there are doing, no matter what the job, when I say work, I don't mean the job that you're doing, but the work that you're doing on yourself, how you move along with this energy of change, it's important what you do. So when we're saying that the, you know, energy is, uh, moving us to change, then check in with yourself as to where it is you might be stuck in an old pattern, doing things an old way, hitting yourself up against the wall, you know, the, the proverbial insanity of trying to do things the same way and expecting a new result doesn't work. So where are you ready to make those changes? That is you know, a great thing for us to be doing between now and that next eclipse. And you have help with that today as Mercury at 1.12 this afternoon, uh, you are uh, Pacific time. So for again, later in the evening for you all um, goes direct and it goes direct right on top of my moon. I didn't realize that. I talked about this since last December and I didn't even realize the degree that it turns direct on is where the moon sits in my own chart. Now, what have we been focused on here? August 23rd is when Mercury turned retrograde and he turned retrograde at, uh, I think it was 21 degrees of Virgo, moving backwards now to eight degrees. And now with direct going to move forward. So we've had this opportunity to sort of reevaluate a lot of the ways in which we serve in the world, the details of things that we've been working on, um, analyzing uh, different things. It's been a very cerebral, mental time for all of us. And as we move forward, we may have a feeling, a sense of having clarity restored, right? Where things might have been blurry, confusing, out of focus. Um, efficiency restored. Now things seem to be working better. I don't know how many times I have had to have uh, my phone restart, my computer restart because of apps that just decided to stop working or wouldn't work the way they were meant to work. It's just been ridiculous, right? Improved communication. We might all feel like we can speak better to something that's been on our minds or put words to something as an idea, right? But I think a lot of times when Mercury's retrograde, there's a lot going on up here that we can't quite put it words to. So maybe now words come, um, maybe we'll feel more productive, uh, more focused, uh, more able to, you know, see the path in front of us to move forward, right? Before we've been maybe feeling like we're backpedaling a bit. Um, Mercury is moving direct at gate 40 in your human design chart. Gate 40 is on the will center or heart center, we call it. It is the center that is the managing and allocating of resources, time, money, energy. And the gate 40 on that center is about restoration, restoring ourselves, restoring our energy, replenishing our coffers, if you will, replenishing our energy stores, our batteries, right? I was just thinking this morning, I need to start changing batteries, right? It's almost fall and at fall and at spring, we change our batteries, right? And our smoke detectors and things like that. So restoring time. 
Um, the retrograde now is interesting. The gates in your human design that Mercury was retrograding through, retrograde started at gate 40, moved backward to gate 64. So gate 40 is where we might be feeling sort of tired, lethargic um, in the low energy, right? As Mercury began to go backwards, we may have seen where we'd been working so hard or exerting force or exerting our will and we become exhausted, right? We, we recognize, oh, I can't keep this up. And even if you don't recognize that you can't keep up anymore, your body might have been just like, I can't get out of bed, right? I can't keep this pace. And then moves to 64, where 64 is confusion. This is now where, you know, there's so much going on. I, I can't use my mind anymore. There's too much confusion in my head. The, the voices in my head, the many voices in my head, they're, you know, talking at cross purposes to one another. So we have to get out of our heads, right? That's the whole Mercury path there. Get out of your head, get down further into the body. And then moved backward into the gate 47. Now, 64 and 47 are right across from one another in the human design. So they are complementary. They complete a channel. Now, they didn't complete it because Mercury was sitting at 64 and then moved to 47. So they're, they're, unless you had some other planet sitting there. Um, but the 47 provides the aha, the um, epiphany, right? The energy of, duh. I could have had a V8, right? The wake up. And now that we're back at the gate 40, we can go through the same cycle again, but now we'll do it forward instead of backward. You already did it forward once, right? As Mercury swung through, and then he retrograded back through, and now he's going to move forward again across these things. So more and more should be coming clear for us over time. Right. If you've been confused, the fog will lift. If you've been out of sorts, you're going to get more equanimity. So that is um, the energy of Mercury moving direct. And I just want to say welcome to your reorganized life. <laughs> right? Welcome to your restored, reviewed, reevaluated, resolved problems life right? That's Mercury's gift in the end, is that we have something new that we've been restored to. Now, just because he's turned direct doesn't mean that the um, wobble is over. Uh, shadow doesn't end until September 30th. So we still have two weeks or so after today to deal with the uh, retrograde completion of, or the, of the retrograde cycle. But then we are preparing for the next cycle. And that next cycle begins in the pre-shadow, right? The pre-retrograde shadow begins November 25th. The retrograde is December 13th. The uh, direct, when Mercury moves out of that retrograde, will be January 2nd. And then later, two weeks later, we'll completely end that next cycle. Just giving you the heads up. You know, this year so far, the retrogrades of Mercury have all been in Earth signs. So it has been dealing with the practical, the useful, the grounded, the uh, analytical, the informational uh, energy of action, like practical action. How do we ground it in? Now, the last retrograde of the year, so the next one coming up, starts in fire, starts in Sagittarius, moves backward, or it is, goes up to Capricorn, then moves backward to Sagittarius, and then forward again to Capricorn. So now we have fire and earth 
energies that will be prompting us to really ground in our passion, ground in what we love. That sounds pretty powerful. Yeah, I, I, Mercury retrograde cycles are powerful um, because they, you know, it's the as the fastest moving planet other than the moon, which isn't considered really a planet, um, he is really taking, his cycle is really trackable by us, right? We can really engage this, this cycle. Just like, you know, Venus and Mars, those cycles, they're trackable. When we start to get to the outer planets, we kind of lose track because they're in retrograde for so long. Um, but those inner planets, they're always dancing, right? They're always doing some form of movement uh, between retrograde and uh, forward motion. So we can really um, connect with that energy. Uh, so I think it makes it more approachable for each one of us, yeah. understandable even. Uh, how's everybody doing out there today? If you guys have any questions from uh, for Pia and Colin about the Pleiadian Earth energy, the calendar, the shadow cycles, her workshop, Pia, because people are join have joined us since we first talked about that, why don't you uh, tell everybody again about your workshop that's coming up? Workshop is going to be a continuation of the level one workshop that I did in March of 2022. Level two is going to discuss the phases of Venus. Last time we talked about how Venus moves in the sky with her star points. This time we're going to talk about the phases of Venus and how that impacts your life decisions, your fulfillment, everything that makes your life valuable to you. We're going to cover the shadow cycles and talk about the themes that each shadow cycle brings so you can find your own personal themes to work with. And also I'll show you a shortcut of how to figure out your own shadow cycles. And we're gonna talk about karmic patterns. What are the gifts and the challenges that each person brought in in their own life? And we'll look at that in terms of when you were born. So there'll be a lot of interactive fun and <laughs> look forward to having anybody who's interested join us. That's November 10th through 12th, right? Yes posting that up there too and if you are on youtube right now you're seeing the link in the uh, uh video to register for that and i've also just uh turned it off for facebook but i'll put it back on for facebook before we're done today uh so that if you are uh, in facebook you'll have that link as well uh it'll also be in the description of the video so I, I put it in plenty of places for everybody by the way pia is this being broadcast to your own people today did we get that figured out no not yet? okay <laughs> not technical enough to handle that one okay 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 just curious because i was going to welcome your listeners if they were out there our listeners uh, join us because i send them your link oh so gotcha our listeners are listening because of that and then they will those who don't join us live go back and look at it in retrospect perfect question pia now this is going to be part two of that workshop is part yes. one still available is it recorded and and bundled up for people if they want to um, access that as well good question it is not required to have completed level one to do level two, but it certainly helps if you have the background information so you understand the different nuances we're going to talk about. And the level two workshop on the link that's showing up in your website right there, that link will take you to the recordings for level one, which you can also have. 
They, they are available for all three days. Each day of the workshop is an hour and a half on three different mornings in America, three evenings in Europe. But that workshop is also available for people who want to do a catch-up. Also, Perfect. some recommended reading material is listed in the course descriptions. Awesome. Right. So you got that all packaged up and ready for people. So if you yep. didn't get to participate in the first course, you can participate in the second course. You, you don't need the first one to catch up. But if you want to, the first one is available <laughs> as well on Pia's website here. The link showing there in the video. All right. I have just a couple more things astrological to talk about. I'm going to breeze through them so that we can pull a card uh, for the weekend. Um, the today sun is in a trine to Uranus and that is a day for us to be excited. I always love sun trine Uranus because it brings excitement. It brings innovation. It brings sort of a feeling of freedom. I always think of sun trying Uranus when I'm sitting on my bike and I'm just flying down the road with the wind blowing through my hair and that freedom that you feel from that kind of motion, right? That kind of motion. So all of us may feel a surge in our creative energies today, uh, in, in the originality and the way that we bring ourselves out into the world, um, maybe even in a desire to break free from routines or from the things that have felt like burdens or chains that have been holding you down. Um, but there's also an, always an element of the unexpected that comes with the sun trine Uranus. My morning, look at that, right? I Five minutes before the show and I went, oh, Pia and Colin are going to be here today, right? <laughs> Unexpectedness. Um, and those can thing, be things that challenge you or that open up your mind, right? Woo, I could have had a V8. Um, but also you can attract people to you today and actually tomorrow as well that are different, that um, resonate at a different frequency than you do perhaps. That also has a way of opening up your mind. Then tomorrow, Venus is squaring Jupiter. Now this one's a little more difficult because this can indicate a conflict between our desire for pleasure, for fun, for lazing, being around, doing nothing, and the need that we feel that Jupiter pushes us to, which is expansion. I need to grow. I need to get bigger. I need to move forward, right? So it can manifest in a couple of different ways for us. It can be overindulgence right? Overindulging in food and drink and exercise, you name it, anything that we can overindulge in. Extravagance, laziness, unrealistic expectations. These are all things that we may briefly have to deal with this weekend. People might be having trouble balancing their personal life and their professional lives or struggling with self-discipline and moderation, right? Being, dis I certainly do, you know, I love sugar, <laughs> It don't love me. And uh, there's always that struggle going on. Jupiter, Venus squaring one another tend to bring that up to the surface. Um, but it can also bring opportunities for growth, uh, for learning. And um, if you're willing to face the issues that are in your uh, face, so to speak, um, then you can make some adjustments in your life and really see how success can be achieved. It can be a real catalyst to positive change but it requires you to be honest with yourself, to be flexible and willing to move through the changes and to compromise, be not compromising, but to compromise, right? Make a compromise with something. 
And then lastly, the sun this weekend moving into, this is where we have some trigger stuff going on for the weekend. Um, the sun is moving into the gate six, which is on the emotional solar plexus. So if you're familiar with human design, it's the center on the lower right. The gate six is called the gate of impact in quantum human design. It is called the gate of friction in traditional human design. And it is a gate that re that really desires deep bonding, intimacy, right? It really wants that kind of connection, but that triggers sometimes turmoil in our relationships, right? Um, or the friction between people that have to continually adjust with one another. This is a sensitive, passionate placement. It's creative energy as it's on the solar plexus, but it also needs to learn how to balance emotion and to communicate their needs effectively. This is affecting all of us, right? All of us will be affected for the next five days with this energy. So it can be a powerful force for peace, for harmony, for resolving conflict, but it can also be a force for chaos and destruction. So we have to watch for uh, how this shows up. And it's all depending on how it is you handle your own inner conflicts and your external relationships. So we have real potential, but we also have the chaos conflict part that can also be a part of it. Now, Earth, she is always the one that is going to challenge us, right? The Earth challenges us to move to the highest energy of the sun. And she is sitting at the gate 36. And in human design, that represents the, the energy of crisis and transformation. Um, in quantum human design, it is called exploration. In traditional human design, called crises. In, uh, I'm going to talk about the Gene Keys briefly with that too. And you also need to know that the Earth and Neptune are in a conjunction during this period of time, both of them occupying the gate 36. So we have uh, a planet who's really, you know, charged with getting us to our higher selves, being in a higher consciousness state, awakening in some ways to um, a higher spiritual calling. Uh, so we're challenged to face the unknown <laughs> and to grow um, and to experience. This is a very experiential energy. It is also on the solar plexus. So you can imagine solar plexus emotions. These are emotional energies that we have for the next five or six days with us. Um, there's a strong sense of adventure with the Earth and Neptune here, wanting to go beyond uh, where we are. It brings up restlessness sometimes and boredom, uh, but also a fear of chaos and instability, like change might create chaos, right? Uh, I was just thinking about this as parts of our family are moving this weekend. And I remember always being so excited about moving, but also so vulnerable to the chaos and the fear that is uh, brought up when we change our locations, right? When we move. Um, so crises might be attracted to our lives during this time period, either consciously or unconsciously. I think if we achieve it consciously, we can be adaptable. We can choose to be adaptable versus being forced to be adaptable, <laughs> being forced into flexibility. So let 36 then at the earth be a source of creativity and innovation, but also 
not buying into anxiety and stress, which can also be a part of that experience. Find balance between embracing change and maintaining stability. Trust your inner guidance, trust your intuition, trust your emotional body to lead you to being in the right place at the right time with the right people. All right. Now, Pia, can we get a card from now until next time we see you? Sure. I see new people out here. Gail Hammond Jones, uh, welcome. MD, um, Mel not Melanie, I mean Melanie. Well, welcome. And of course, my husband's joining us. I see him out there. Uh, so we do have some new people with us this morning. LS, welcome. And Pia is drawing a card from the Pleiadian Earth Energy cards, Oracle cards. I think it fits with everything you've been talking about, about challenge. Of course Nature it does. storms. When you have a storm brewing in your life, you can always find safety in your own heart. And can the book says... Can you show us the card, uh, the picture on the card? picture here. Ooh, I like that. Storms occur in nature through wind, tornadoes and hurricanes, rain, floods and tsunamis, fire, wildfires and volcanoes, earth, earthquakes, or combinations of several of these elements. They are natural physical releases to reduce the pressures that have been building when things become unbalanced or congested. Storms are chaotic and disruptive, but they occur to bring a new structure to things that no longer work in your life. They destroy or cleanse what does not work for you any longer, so the new opportunities can arise. You may have a storm brewing in your life, or one may have just occurred that has unsettled you. When a personal storm occurs, it clears the dross that has blocked your way and opens new pathways for you to accept the gifts that are ready to appear now. Take shelter in your heart while the storm brings about necessary changes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, this is, this is always amazing. I don't think it matters which card deck people draw from. The, the, the information that comes up after a discussion or after a, a, a sharing, I think they always show up exactly concerning what's been talked about. It's, it's amazing to me. It is. It's amazing to me every time. It, it's amazing to me. And this Last card week, is from... This card is from the Pleiadian. I can't get it up there. There you Pleiadian go. There you go. Card deck. That's what this one was from today. Yeah, which is a great deck, and I love it. It is true. Any oracle uh, works really well, but this particular deck really seems to sum up the energies of the evolution of consciousness that we are involved in at this point in time. Um, I, Teresa Dopiera says hi, Pia and Colin. <laughs> hi, Teresa. Hi, Teresa. <laughs> I hope I said your last name correctly, Teresa. If not, I apologize. Um, so that is it for all of us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, just a quick announcement or, or reminder, today is the last day to purchase the 2023 Energy Almanac. Uh, the link will be below the video today. Uh, the last day to order pre-order the spiral bound version of that um, Energy Almanac and get it bundled with a special um, offering. And I will see you all on Monday morning. Thanks so much. Take care. Have a great weekend. Bye for now.
Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.